It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. All across the fantasy universe, welcome everybody to the Two Point Stance. Fresh off the NFL Draft, I'm your host, Brian Drake, Drake Fantasy on Twitter, Hanging with Mr. Joe Dolan of FantasyPoints.com. Joe's on Twitter at FG underscore Dolan. Joe, you are everywhere this weekend. I got to catch some of your excellent work. And I want to give a shout out to all the guys at FantasyPoints.com for their draft coverage this weekend. The live stream on YouTube was incredible. Shout out to Brett Whitefield and all the work he did for the NFL draft. Scott Barrett, uh, you know, our boy Tommy over there running the the pods. I love it. They did a fantastic job. Uh, so kudos to the Fantasy Point staff. And whew, we can take a breath here now, Joe, coming off the NFL draft. How you feeling after with it all said and done in a rearview mirror? Um, it was great. Uh, Brett and Scott did a great job. All the guests, Thomas, did a great job uh, on the live streams. I had a blast on the live streams. You and uh, you and I were. Uh, commenting i think on some of the nights had having a couple of sodi pops there uh <laughs> uh you um and you were you were listening when you were driving to your drinking party this weekend you uh you went back oh. to your old frat house <laughs> and uh but no I, it was just great um i i've never felt better about like the strength of the staff um, and, and the different perspectives that we have uh, following the, the draft coverage. And, you know, it honestly is just getting started. Literally, we, we were supposed to record this about 40 minutes ago, Drake, but I had to get Scott's uh, post-draft rookie running back article uh, up on the website. It's a, basically a novel. Um, uh, you, you, and it's you might free. Wanna, and it's free. And you want to take a, a couple of uh, – uh, t- t- take a day off of work to read that one. So uh, – <laughs> Uh, but it's great. Um, we're just getting started. I updated my rookie running back rookie rankings today. I did a first run uh, of best ball rankings. I, I entered my first best ball mania um, uh, at Underdog Fantasy, um, Code Fantasy PTS, by the way. Um, yeah. And uh, so it, it the season is started. That's what it feels like to me. The season is started. No question. So what we're gonna do here today, folks? We're gonna go team by team kind of run through what they did in the draft that's going to impact us on a fantasy level. If they did nothing, we'll say they did nothing. If you know they added a player or two that we think could be impactful for redraft and dynasty, that's what we're going to talk about. Kind of just give you the once over here as you start to dip your toe in the fantasy waters for 2023. And you mentioned underdog fantasy. Use that code fantasy PTS. They've got best ball mania four ready to rock and roll $25 entries. $15 million in prizes up for grabs at Underdog Fantasy. Use code FANTASYPTS. We're going to double your first-time deposit up to $100. And when you do that, we'll give you a $5 subscription to FantasyPoints.com. Let's start things off in the AFC East with those Buffalo Bills. And this was a pick I watched live on the two, uh, the Fantasy Points live stream. And our friend Graham Barfield was over the moon for Dalton Kincaid the 25th pick in the first round, uh, the tight end out of Utah going to the Bills. He was really high on this. I, Joe, kind of pumped the brakes on any rookie tight end, although we have seen, you know, in the past, Evan Ingram and um, 
Now I'm blanking the kid from Georgia with uh, the Falcons. Uh, from Florida, Kyle Pitts. Pitts, geez, Louise, how am I blanking? I folks, I just got back from my college fraternity reunion. I went to bed at three o'clock in the morning and drank about seven thousand Miller Lights last night. So that's my 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 voice is like this. So if I'm a little fog brained, you know why. So let's go with this Dalton Kincaid. There's a lot of talk, Joe, that maybe he's going to play the slot a little more. And I know when Josh Allen really broke onto the scene that he had Cole Beasley manning the slot and he did a ton of stuff underneath. Maybe that's what they think with Kincaid, but I don't know. I'm I'm never too high on like, hey, I'm going to have a, a tight end be my slot receiver. You know, he is undersized though. Uh, six, three and a half, 246. Um, obviously didn't work out at the combine, but he's a good, he's a great athlete. I'm just not sure playing him in line is is what Buffalo wants to do. You know, they still have Dawson Knox. Um, I believe he is going to be a predominantly detached receiver from the formation. And if you're looking at him as a wide receiver, does your evaluation of Dalton Kincaid change? Right now, I have him at 172 overall um, in, uh, in my best ball rankings. He is... Tight end 19. Hmm. I've seen people ranking him already uh, in their top 12 for 2023. I can't do that with, with a rookie title. We're going to talk about Sam Laporta later with the Lions. Maybe he'll have a chance. But, I mean, they still have Dawson Knox that you gave a boatload of guaranteed money to a year ago. So, I think it's going to be for Dynasty, I'm all in. Great. Get Kincaid on your team. Redraft this year, I don't have much love for him. Yeah, um, I, look, I think he's a first-round pick, and I think this is a team that needed weapons, though, Drake. And sure. Let, now let's look. Let, let's also look at who's left on that team. They did not. They drafted a wide receiver, Justin Shorter, in the fifth round. Um, he was a big-time recruit who initially went to Penn State, never really made it there. Went to Florida, didn't really do much there. Are, are we going to fall for it again? Are we going to fall for Gabe Davis again? I think Gabe Davis is going to be an incredible value in fantasy drafts this year. People, because people are going to, they're not going to want to take him. I bet Gabe Davis has a pretty good season. Well, remember, if he, he got hurt. Put Gabe Davis where he's supposed to be. People were like, I'm going to have Gabe Davis as my wide receiver too. Like, that's wrong. We need to we were wrong know where Gabe Davis is really going to be. If Gabe Davis is your wide receiver four, great. You know he got hurt early last season and he played through the high ankle sprain. And when we're ranking for fantasy football, it often seems as a matter of fact, I don't think often, I think it's just flat true. We punish guys the next year. And in the discourse of what we, how we discuss these players, if they play through injury vis-a-vis, mm-hmm. if they miss games with injury, so let's say Gabe Davis missed three games with a high ankle sprain that he suffered and then came back and was close to 100%. We would not, and, and if he played well, we would not be thinking about, oh, he missed three games. It would be, oh, he missed three games, he came back and he played well. So it's hard to see it say how much that affected his production, but it's possible it did. And the fact that they didn't address the wide receiver position in any significant way this offseason, I think speaks to that. Um, by the way, also worth noting, here is a here's a report that I saw today. Buffalo Bills uh 
Sal Capaccio, who covers the Bills, uh, Sal Sports on Twitter, multiple times in this post-draft presser, Brandon Bean has mentioned how much they like wide receiver Khalil Shakir, and especially what they saw from him towards the end of the season. There is a fantasy football sleeper for you. Khalil mm-hmm. Shakir. Um, he, he was, uh, I thought he was underdrafted last year. Came on late. Uh, Cole Beasley, I think, said something on Twitter responding to a Bills fan that he really liked what he saw out of, out of Khalil Shakir. Remember, he re-signed with the Bills late last season. There's a name to keep an eye on, and that that's a guy whose stock improves. I like Kincaid a lot. They clearly love Kincaid, but just, just keep an eye on Khalil Shakir. Absolutely. I love it. Let's keep moving on here. Again, just kind of stirring the pot here, the 30,000-foot the view of these teams after the NFL draft. The dust is settled in Miami, and Devin A-Chain is added to that running back room, and boy, can this kid fly out of Texas A&M, the 84th overall pick, took him in the third round. He ran a faster 40 than Tyreek Hill. This kid can motor. So you know Mike McDaniels loves him. That's why they want him in that team. Look at their backfield. Raheem Mostert can fly. Jeff Wilson Jr. has got really good speed. Problem with those two guys, neither of them can stay healthy. Not that this A-chain kid is like, you know, a a big-time bruiser with a a, a huge frame or anything. He's 5'9", 188. But what do you think, Joe, for fantasy? Can A-chain come in and be fantasy relevant in 2023? Oh, yeah. And I know, I know Scott Barrett before the draft did not like his profile, but running backs are so, so draft capital sensitive, Drake. Mm-hmm. And he landed in just a flat nut spot. Like, look at the competition in that backfield. Now, there is a caveat here. Mike McDaniel did say after the draft they could still add a veteran at the running back position, and there are plenty out there. Zeke Elliott's out there, Kareem Hunt's out there, among others. Um, but they could still add somebody. But right now, look at Miami's depth chart at running back. Raheem Mostert played well last year. Always hurt. 31 mm-hmm. years old. Jeff Wilson played well last year, but he's a guy. Salvan Ahmed, Miles Gaskin are never wases. I think Devin A-Chain's got an opportunity to lead this team in rushing. And he might not be a bell cow. His size probably uh, precludes him from being so. But Mike McDaniel is obsessed with speed, and he got it. He got a lot of speed here with A-Chain. Um, like this pick for Miami, I think it's it, in a running back class where we did not get many good landing spots at all, past uh, obviously the day one guys, mm-hmm. this is a pretty damn good landing spot for Devin A-Chain. I love this spot for fantasy. I have him as my dynasty RB3 from this class. Oh, I like that. I know you and I have a dynasty team that we uh, scooped up an orphan and, you know, we're nursing him back to health mm. and we'll see what we can do. Well, we'll, we'll talk, talk we'll talk about that when we get to a couple of the quarterback picks for the New England Patriots staying in the AFC East. Uh, you know, this was a very Patriot draft. You know, you're picking inside linebackers. There's a center. They took a kicker in the fourth round, uh, which I believe they traded up to get. Uh, I, I tweeted out the they picture also took a of punter. Yeah, I, I tweeted the picture of Bill Belichick's dog. Uh, people seem to like that. Uh, you know, for fantasy, I mean, they they got Kayshawn uh, Boutte in the sixth round. He really fell a lot. There were people who were uh, a lot higher on him in the pre-draft process. And, and then they took a kid, Demario Douglas, out of Liberty in the third round. So, I mean, 
who knows? You get a sixth-round wide receiver. These guys aren't even guaranteed to make the team on a team with really bad wide receivers. So, yeah, well, uh, Keishon Butte, he was a guy last year. People were, like, discussing him as, like, the next Jamar Chase. And then he had a horrible season. Um, his combine was atrocious. There was a he, there was a moment where he was going back to school, and then he decided not to go back. These guys are really flyers. Here is the thing that I want to point out for the New England Patriots without getting too far into the weeds here. Ramondre Stevenson is a big winner from this mm -hmm. offseason. Now, remember, I was, like, scared shitless that New England would be in on, on B. John Robinson, and Bill just never had the chance. Never even had, had the opportunity to draft him. Ramondre Stevenson, huge winner of draft weekend. They did not, uh, they did not select a running back. I got to be honest, just going into my mind palace right now and it believe me it is a dilapidated palace but going into it when's the last time the patriots didn't draft a running back i mean they it always... seems like they draft at least one every year yeah last year they drafted two they drafted two so that's a big big win ramondre stevenson is a huge winner the New York football Jets, their big move of draft week obviously was acquiring Aaron Rodgers in a trade. So um, you could say, hey, he's kind of part of their draft class <laughs> in essence. Yeah. In terms of fantasy, I mean, they added a, in the fifth round a running back, Israel Abanaconda out of Pittsburgh, uh, and then a seventh round tight end. So really with that, it's they added a couple of linemen. They want to make sure things are secure up front, but. This is all about Aaron Rodgers and the free agent pieces. Draft-wise, they didn't really do much for fantasy. It's going to set your hair on fire. No, um, they apparently, the, the the big news was they were considering Jameer Gibbs if he fell to 15, which he clearly did not. That would have set the fantasy world on fire. Instead, mm. what the Jets did was they got a handcuff running back to Brees Hall. Is he a Banaconda? Um, I he he was a Tevin Coleman type of prospect, like that great speed, one cut downhill. And he landed in a spot where he's a good handcuff running back. I think not that we already knew Brees Hall had just completely nuked the dynasty value of Michael Carter last year. This this has done it further. Um, I think he's the I think he's the RB two here. They also took Zach Kuntz, the tight end from Old Dominion in the sixth round. Really athletic, um, but a project. Not a ton here um, to, to really digest, although I will say this. Keep in mind, they took Joe Tittman in the center from Wisconsin in the second round. The Steelers leapfrogged them in the first round to take Broderick Jones, the tackle. So the Jets might have wanted to improve their offensive line a little bit more than they did in this draft. And that could yep. be the downfall for Aaron Rodgers if and when that comes to pass. Remember, Green Bay's offensive line has dealt with a ton of injuries in the past few years and, you know, uh, certainly affected Aaron Rodgers' play in 2022. Why no love for Zonovan Knight? I, you know, remember him, folks? He's Zonovan guy. Knight out He's there. A guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on now to the AFC North. And the champions of that division last year were the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, they got a lot of great players on offense already. We know that. In the mid-rounds, they decided to add Charlie Jones, a wide receiver out of Purdue. This kid is sneaky good. I saw him destroy my Syracuse Orange this year uh, inside the Dome. He's got a real unique story, too. I think he played at Buffalo, uh, and then he transferred uh, somewhere else for a season and finally landed 
in Purdue and had a like hundred catch season. So I, I don't know what he's going to do this year behind Boyd and Higgins and uh, Jamar Chase, but I like Charlie Jones. Uh, maybe he's a deep dynasty flyer. And then they also added Chase Brown, a running back out of yeah. Illinois. Uh, what do you see out of any of these guys fantasy wise for the Bengals? Yeah, Charlie Jones, I wonder if they just kind of view him um, as a future Tyler Boyd, uh, Tyler Boyd replacement, who's the the oldest yeah. of that great wide receiver trio there. Um, uh, he ran the 40 at, at uh, in 4-4-3. The problem is he's not very big. He needs to run the 40 in 4-4-3. Uh, he's 5'11", 175 pounds he weighed in at the combine. Um, so I think he's probably somebody who's going to be a, a, a backup uh, as the slot receiver here. And Chase Brown, older prospect um, from from Illinois, I think the fact that they only added a running back in the fifth round probably portends well for Joe Mixon being on that roster this year. But Brown's got an opportunity to be the handcuff here, at least the the early down handcuff, with Samaje Pirine moved on to Detroit uh, to Denver this offseason. So fifth round draft capital doesn't sound like a lot, and it isn't, but at running back, you know, those guys end up playing quite a bit sometimes. So he's he's a handcuff. Um, I don't think that he's a guy I love for dynasty at this at this stage. Um, because if, if they do move on from Joe Mixon, they can always just replace him with somebody with higher draft capital. But Chase Brown, I think, instantly comes in here and looks like the number two early down back uh, ahead of Chris Evans uh, in Cincinnati. So Chase Brown's a handcuff. Maybe somebody, if you're into drafting handcuffs, uh, worthy of a last-round pick, especially if you don't trust the health or the status of Joe Mixon, who's gotten himself into some hot water this offseason as well. Yeah, absolutely. Joe Mixon's a bad guy. Let's let's be honest here. <laughs> I'll tell you some stories off the air. Uh, so let's move on to Baltimore. They have now Lamar Jackson under contract. Hooray, our long national nightmare is over. They've remade the wide receiver room in Baltimore. They signed Odell Beckham. They added Nelson Aguilar. They still have Rashad Bateman, Mark Andrews at tight end. And they go out and they draft one of the guru's favorites, Zay Flowers, 5'9", 182 out of Boston College. This kid it can really run. Kind of reminds me a little bit of like a Steve Smith, sort of. Like at 5'9", you've got to be that kind of dog because you're 5'9". I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's tough to succeed in the NFL at wide receiver at that size and to me as good as he was at boston college i mean you're playing with maybe not the most accurate quarterback in lamar jackson i don't know how this new todd monica offense is going to look but i'm wary of flowers here even though he could walk in and be you know essentially the the wide receiver two on this team so here's the thing and here is why i have zay flowers ranked as my number two wide receiver in this class for dynasty purposes. The Baltimore Ravens did remake their wide receiver room this offseason, and they needed to, okay? Their, their top four are now Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham, Zay Flowers, and Nelson Aguilar. Maybe you throw Devin Duvernay in there. And say what you want about Nelson Aguilar, Drake, and I'm sure you've said plenty as an Eagle fan. He's a fine number four receiver in the NFL. Absolutely. But, but here's the question. And this is why I have Zay Flowers ranked so highly. Are are we sure Odell has anything left? No, nothing. Are we sure Rashad Bateman's good? Mm. I mean, he got hurt last year. 
we we haven't seen it. I was so super high on Bateman last year, but we now have two seasons where he hasn't produced. Is it outrageous to think that Zay Flowers is going to lead this team in receptions as a rookie? I think Mark In- I think Mark Andrews is the favorite to do so. Mm-hmm. But maybe the, the these kind of maybe these roadblocks to Zay Flowers producing are fraudulent. Rashad Bateman got hurt last year. Mixed messages on how they actually feel about him. Odell Beckham. I think that was a signing that made Lamar Jackson happy. That might have been the more important thing about that signing is that it made Lamar Jackson happy. I like Zay Flowers. I like this spot. I think Todd Monken's an upgrade on uh, on Greg Roman. Yeah, I'm high on this spot. And when I went back and did my rankings, I, I liked Zay Flowers more than I thought I was going to. I did put him above Jordan Addison and Quentin Johnston in this class. The Pittsburgh Steelers only added one skill position player. It was Darnell Washington, tight end out of Georgia. Somehow the Eagles didn't find a way to draft him also uh, in the third round. He's going to play alongside and behind Pat Fryermuth. So really for the Pittsburgh Steelers draft-wise, you're adding a corner, a D-tackle. You know, they got a lot of holes to fill in some random positions. Skill-wise, they got a lot of talent coming back. They have a lot of talent coming back. They added Allen Robinson this offseason, which doesn't do a lot for me. Um, big winner from draft weekend, in my opinion, Najee Harris. Yeah. I think this guy's been underdrafted all year because he's boring. I have him well above his his uh, ADP on underdog fantasy. Um, I have Najee Harris as my 16th overall player and my RB6. I have him rounds above where his ADP was going. They get Broderick Jones, the tackle, who's, who's really talented. He's got some issues. Um, he probably should have gone back to school. At least one of my guys said they thought he should have gone back to school, but he's really talented. Um, the Steelers are betting on the traits here with with uh, with Broderick Jones. Darnell Washington's a great blocking tight end. So if they get him on the field in 12 personnel, I think this, this was the exact kind of draft Pittsburgh needed to have. They have the receivers. They have Pickens. You know, they have Deontay Johnson, who set a record for uh, targets and catches without scoring a touchdown. But this is the kind of draft they needed. They needed to build the trenches. They did just, I loved what Pittsburgh did. And I love it for Najee Harris, who, if his ADP is going to continue to be third, fourth round on underdog fantasy, he will be on a ton of my teams this year. The Cleveland Browns didn't really have many picks this year. It's almost like you forgot the Browns existed because of the Deshaun Watson trade. Uh, Their first pick wasn't until round number three when they took Tennessee wide receiver Cedric Tillman. So he's a big guy, 6'3", 215. You remember they also traded for Elijah Moore to go alongside Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones. So they they had some size out here uh, in, in Cleveland. So another weapon for Deshaun Watson. I think he's going to have a really good bounce back season for the Browns, but I mean, looking at what they then they also added, you know, uh, back up in the fifth round quarterback. DTR, who, you yeah. probably won't even make the team. Uh, oh, he'll make. What do you think team. of Cedric Tillman? Um, I think I think it's a good spot for Cedric Tillman to develop, but it doesn't really do a ton for me for fantasy. No. Um, I, I think you probably Cleveland probably saw him and said, maybe he's an immediate upgrade on DPJ, who who, who flashes a little bit. Maybe he's somebody who can step in 
to a starting role if and when Amari Cooper drops off. Not a move that's going to get me excited for fantasy this year because I do think their top two receivers are going to be Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore from a fantasy perspective. So, And, of course, David Njoku. I don't think that really uh, changes changes the mathematics here on the Cleveland Browns. I didn't do a whole lot of, of ranking updating on Cleveland. They didn't have a lot of picks. They didn't have a lot of draft capital. thought they did well with what they had. Cedric Tillman, um, let's see, where did I put him as my dynasty wide receiver? I put Cedric Tillman at he's, – he's my 13th wide, uh, wide receiver in this class. Post draft, interesting. A good landing spot. I'm interested to see what he does down the road. Let's go uh, down the road to Duval County to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who needed a tackle because there's a report that Cam Robinson could be suspended. So they took Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma with their first pick. The Jaguars had a zillion picks in this draft. They were moving up and down, left and right, all over the draft. Then they go to your neck of the woods and take Brenton Strange, a tight end out of Penn State. What do you know about this kid? Uh, Extremely athletic. Um, Probably didn't produce as much as folks at Penn State were hoping, but Penn State had a really deep tight end room. Um, Penn State just churns tight ends and puts them in the league like every year. Um, He is a, to me, he's a pure receiver. So this gives them, I guess, some optionality with Evan Ingram. Um, yeah, Strange is not going to be an inline tight end. We know Doug Peterson has had some multi-tight end sets succeed uh, in the past when he had Zach Ertz and Brent Selleck, and then when he had Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard in Philadelphia. So we'll see if Strange can get on the field, but he's not going to, he's somebody who profiles to play the same exact position as Evan Ingram. He's not somebody you're going to want to put out there in your goal line package and have him shoving defensive ends out of the, out of the frame. It's not going to happen. Then in the third round, the Jags do what I said. Remember we had a conversation with Tom Brawley and I mentioned how Dougie Peterson loves having multiple running backs Mm -hmm. and he's going to add somebody. And he did. He had a tank Bigsby out of Auburn, six foot two ten. He will run alongside Travis Etienne. What do you think Bigsby's addition does to Etienne? For, for me looking at it, I love that it might take some of the grind off of Etienne running into the back of his offensive line 30 times a game. Yeah, so here is the biggest problem with Travis Etienne last year. Can he catch some damn passes? Ugh. Like, lately, the, I know Urban Meyer is a complete donkey. We understand that. But... <laughs> He when Urban Meyer drafted Travis Etienne, he's like, this guy's Percy Harvin. Travis Etienne caught 35 passes last year. 35. Now that's Didn't not have a game awful. with more than three all season. Yeah, not a game with more than three all year. Um, he ran for eleven hundred and twenty-five yards. Maybe if if again, take away some of those carries, put him put him on the move and give him catches. Scott Barrett has confirmed. I mean, his studies have confirmed a target is worth 2.5 times as much as a carry in PPR fantasy football. I would like to see some of those carries turn into targets for Travis Etienne. And I think Tank Bigsby is going to um, is going to uh, facilitate that. And when you really look at their depth chart, it was kind of obvious why they drafted Tank Bigsby. Dearness Johnson, Jamichael Hasty, Snoop Connor, Kadri Allison, all these guys who have bounced around the NFL. Tank Biz- Bigsby is going to play early and he's going to play often, but... He does not. Uh, t- he does not supersede Travis Etienne for me. Super late in the draft, they added another Penn State product, Parker Washington. Uh, you think this kid makes the club? I, I think he'll make the club. 
um, because they don't have a lot behind Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, and Christian Kirk. But Parker Washington should have gone back to school. Mm. And I'm I'm not just saying that. I'm I'm not just saying that as a uh, as a Penn State guy who would like to have him back in the room, which I would. Um, he he made a mistake coming out. I think purely from a football standpoint, like obviously financials motivate a lot of this, and guys make decisions for whatever reason. But I think from a football standpoint, he probably should have stayed in school. The Tennessee Titans added Peter Skronsky at number 11 overall. He played tackle at Northwestern. A lot of folks are projecting him at guard in the NFL because of his arm length. So we'll see what the Titans want to do with him. But you know what the Titans want to do also? They want to be a big physical team that runs the football. We'll see if Derrick Henry is still on this team. Somebody we know that probably isn't long for this team is Ryan Tannehill. That's because in round two, the team selected Will Levis uh, and his you know smoking hot 38 girlfriends uh, to come in and back up for a year probably and then take over. This is interesting. So now we can get into some good fantasy talk here. Will Levis is a guy who, for whatever reason, people were you know smoke screening him up to being the second quarterback or second overall player taken in the draft. So now he goes in the second round. If we're doing a dynasty, you know, it's super flex draft, rookie draft, oh. whatever. Where are you taking Will Levis, Joe Dolan? So, I don't think you can take a second-round quarterback that high, man. Even in Superflex, it sucks. Because on that um, orphan team that you referenced earlier, we had two quarterbacks on the team. Jared Goff and Ryan Tannehill. Both teams drafted a quarterback. Um, although the, the hooker pick doesn't really scare me because it's a third rounder. We have the fifth pick in the rookie draft. Presuming one of the top three quarterbacks do not fall to us, I don't think we can take Will Levis there, man. It's tough to get quarterbacks in super flex for sure. I mean, I'm just not high on the kid, but who knows? You know, he could turn it. We don't know. He could. And also, he, might, great. he could be somebody who's a better fantasy quarterback than a real life quarterback. The problem is those guys don't play for long, right? Because like if they're not if they're a better fantasy quarterback than a real life quarterback, they're going to get benched at some point. Late first might be where I dabble, especially if I'm in a super flex and if I'm drafting late first, I presumably have a good team. There weren't a lot of great landing spots in this class in general, so that might be where I dabble, but Drake, we cannot reach on Will Levis at 1-5 in that di- in that dynasty draft. We can't do it because if we do, that would mean presumably we would be passing on Jameer Gibbs, and I'm not doing that. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Jameer Gibbs, another running back that went off the board. Tajay Spears of Tulane went to the Titans in round three. Um, you know, he's kind of a complimentary piece, I guess, to Derrick Henry. Uh, this just doesn't seem, Joe, like Derrick Henry is long for Nashville. Like, at some point, if it's this year, it's next year, Derrick Henry is going to be out of here does that give you any more interest in adding Tajay Spears in a rookie draft um it does I I think he might end up going under drafted in rookie drafts quite frankly because of the Derrick Henry situation but this is a talented kid he has great draft capital I don't anticipate a lot from him this year but if Derrick Henry gets hurt this guy could end up being a league winner and for the future third round is really good draft capital he, he's extremely versatile. They clearly did not care about his medicals. There were rumors that uh, he didn't have um, an, an ACL. 
but he just lost it. He just just they, apparently Heinz Ward played his entire career without an ACL in one of his knees. By the way, the good um, Lord just didn't give him one. So so um, they didn't. They clearly didn't care that much about his medicals. They took him in the third round. This is a this is a pick for the future. If he go, this is somebody I'm definitely going to be targeting in the second round of my rookie drafts. Maybe even falls further than that, but because of because of the presumed blocked. Uh, the block that Derrick Henry has set up on him here. Derrick Henry's closing in on 30 and 2,000 career touches. The Indianapolis Colts made a splash taking Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson, number four overall. I have seen Richardson as the number two player coming off the board in rookie mocks. He is super athletic and he's super raw. So Shane Steichen is going to take over this Indianapolis team and everyone's going to make the comparisons to what he did with Jalen Hurts. Where do you see Richardson for fantasy this year? And would you take him number two in a rookie draft ahead of Young, ahead of Stroud, and, and anybody else that you might need on your roster? I think he's the one-two in Superflex. Maybe the one-one. If you're really quarterback needy. And first and foremost, the one thing I will say, Brett Whitefield would take offense to you saying that Anthony Richardson is raw. Well, he he didn't play a lot. So he thinks inexperienced is the better term. Okay. Because there is a lot to his game that does show polish in his mechanics, his footwork, his ability to go through progressions. There are some accuracy concerns. By no means is Anthony Richardson. A, a sure thing but if you're projecting anthony richardson and i believe what do i have him as for my I, he's my dynasty qb1 in this class but where do i have him from an actual quarterback perspective i did my uh i did my best ball ranks today again these were just initial i have anthony richardson as my quarterback 13 in redraft Wow. And that's to account for the fact that Gardner Minshew might start a couple of games, but you know damn well. Jim Irsay's out here on on Friday morning tweeting, should we double up and take Will Levis, okay? like Speaking of guys I saw drinking alumni weekend. Yeah. uh, There is no way Anthony Richardson is sitting a majority of this season. Jim Irsay is too impatient. He wants his new toy, and he wants his new toy to play. Uh, if, if Anthony Richardson isn't starting week one, he's going to start by the end of the first month of the season. Oh, of course. And he added a weapon in slot receiver Josh Downs out of North Carolina. So that it's a fun offense right now in Indianapolis, Joe. I think of all the quarterbacks that went in this NFL draft, you could say Richardson has the best tools around him. Obviously, you have Jonathan Taylor behind him. Michael Pittman is a stud. X on the outside. You got Alec Pierce who flashed last year. Now you throw downs in the slot. This is a nice offense. Yeah, they their their offensive line. They 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 invested two day three picks. Blake Blake Freeland's uh, really athletic. I'm not sure he's a polished product. They added Will Mallory, the tight end, and and an underrated option here uh, could um uh, Zach uh, excuse me Evan Hall, the running back uh, out of Northwestern, could he end up being kind of the Naeem Hines replacement in this backfield? Oh. All in all, I, I think the Colts did did pretty well. Uh, Josh Downs should have an opportunity to play early. Um, we Alec Pierce flashed last year. Michael Pittman. 
I think the name is bigger than the game at this stage. So there's a lot of questions that need to be answered here, including how good Richardson's going to be. But you you were right. In theory, this is a fun offense. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be curious to see where redrafters start taking uh, Mr. Richardson come August. And, and on best ball, I'm sure he's going to be a darling. Remember, use that code fantasy PTS. Get your uh, entries in over there for best ball mania four. Get your share of $15 million in prizes. Whew, it's a lot of cash. Uh, uh, he is quarterback 19 right now, by the way, on underdog. I have oh, him significantly okay. higher than that. Another quarterback that went off the board went to the Houston Texans. CJ Stroud out of Ohio State went number two overall. And the Texans kind of threw a curveball at everybody. You know, they they took Stroud at two and then they said, the hell with it. We're going up. We're going to take the third pick also. So they went and drafted Will Anderson to help their defense. But let's look at CJ Stroud. Goes to a Houston team that doesn't have a lot of weapons. You got Damian Pierce in the backfield. Offensive line is still kind of crappy. Uh, they picked up a kid, Nathaniel Dell, in the third round out of Houston. I mean, Hank Dell, as the old, as he'll say his name is. Ah, so, but this is a team that is kind of void of weapons, and yeah. it's going to be tough sledding for CJ Stroud year one. I think the offensive line is better than you're giving him credit for because it has an elite left tackle in Laramie Tunsil. They also drafted Juice Scruggs, the center. You from just Penn wanted State. to say that name. Uh, well, he did go to Penn State as well, but he's um, <laughs> he's the uh, he's going to start at center for them, I would presume. So there's there's some improvement there. But here's the problem with C.J. Stroud for fantasy. He is a pocket passer who doesn't have anything to pass to. <laughs> That's a great line. Uh, Nico Collins, fine. John Mechie, obviously prayers that he gets back onto the field, but he missed last season with an illness. Robert Woods is a zombie at this point. We'll see what Tank Dell and Xavier Hutchinson, the, the rookies, can give them. Their best receiver right now might literally be Dalton Schultz. Oof. Yay. Here's a winner from draft weekend, though. Damian Pierce. A lot of people thought they were going to add someone. They didn't draft a back. Um, Devin Singletary's there, but we know Devin Singletary's a part-time player. So Damian Pierce, I think, is going to settle into that kind of fifth, sixth round range. Uh, currently, let's look at underdog fantasy. He's currently RB20. He's coming off the board in the fifth and sixth rounds. So that was uh, that that that's a fair price for Damian Pierce right now. Um, but he was a winner. This is a multi-year project for the Texans, though. And the fact that they gave up their first rounder next year in the Will Anderson trade, I didn't like that deal. Uh, Scott Barrett was getting crucified on Twitter by Texan fans for insinuating that it wasn't a good deal. But I, I did not think that was a great deal, Drake. I didn't think that was a great use of resources. You look at this offensive roster and you see why. there A lot needs to go right for them to have an above-average supporting cast this year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's go on to the AFC West, where the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs reside. And the Chiefs... They added a kid in Rishi Rice out of SMU to play wide receivers, six foot one, two hundred and four pounds. Uh, you know, pretty good route runner. They lost Juju, if you remember, in free agency and Mecole Hardman. So there's opportunities. We've got um, Kadarius Tony. We've got uh, our boy uh, the Hanson loves in um, uh, this. This is going to hurt Sky Moore quite a bit. Yeah, Sky I mean, Moore. 
So, yeah, I mean, wh- what do you think of Rishi Rice uh, going here? Um, Rishi Rice is, he's big, 6'1", 203. Excellent on contested catches. Excellent down the field. Wouldn't be a stunner if he was a starter as a rookie to me. But that wow. was the same thing we said about Sky Moore last year. So mm-hmm. we have to, let's let's pump the brakes a little bit. But I thought this was a, an interesting pick from the Chiefs. Uh, Clark Hunt, by the way, the owner is an SMU alum. Um, so he obviously has some intel on him. Um, and, and obviously and obviously thought that this was a good pick for them. Uh, talented receiver. Was not surprised that they took one and took one early. Didn't do a whole lot else, though, at the skill position play. Uh, at the skill position, Drake. As a matter of fact, they didn't take another skill player in this draft. So this is a team that's pretty well set heading into the season. Maybe they add a veteran. Isaiah Pacheco was a big winner of this weekend. Um, Kadarius Tony, I thought. I, I was not shocked they added a receiver. But Kadarius Tony is my favorite of these receivers to draft. That remains the case um, as we look at early best ball drafts. The Los Angeles Chargers added a pair of wide receivers in this draft. They started in the first round with Quinton Johnston out of TCU, and then later in the fourth round uh, added his college teammate, Darius Davis. So let's start with Quinton Johnston here. 6'3", 208, big kid. They love this I guess wide receiver archetype, you could say in uh, in Los Angeles, they love these big bodied wide receivers, and we know Big Mike has trouble staying on the field. You know, and, and everyone will point to the age for Keenan Allen, but Keenan Allen's still really good. You got Josh Palmer there also. Where does Quentin Johnston fit in in this Justin Herbert led offense? Yeah, it's going to be really tough um, for me to to project him because once again, like you said. I think right away he's probably their three. Um, but he's a guy you want to get the ball in space. So do they view him more as a big slot or do they view him as an X or Z type receiver? Z might be the better fit for him with Big Mike playing the X so they can get Quentin Johnston the ball in space. And Josh Palmer has also flashed at times. Absolutely. I think Quentin Johnston was more of a pick for the future. Mike Williams has a ton of injuries. Keenan Allen, age, ton of injuries. I think this is more of a pick for the future, and he might end up being their slot of the future, uh, Quentin Johnston. I would say he's probably like a wide receiver five, wide receiver six in early best balls, um, but with a potential pathway to a lot more than that if the injury bug bites the Chargers wide receivers once again, and it's bitten them pretty much every single year. Darius Davis, by the way, a pure speed guy. He's he's small. He's tiny. He's like 5'8", 165. He's somebody who's going to add speed to that offense. But it's not going to be fantasy-relevant speed, in my opinion. With the exception of Justin Herbert. It might help Justin Herbert open some things up, but he's not a guy who's going to contribute for fantasy. The Las Vegas Raiders needed a tight end because apparently their coach blew off or, or spilled the beans about... Darren Waller's wedding and things went haywire. Darren Waller's now in New York and the Las Vegas Raiders needed a tight end and they traded up to get Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. Mayer kind of slid a little bit, Joe. People thought he could have been the first tight end off the board. And he, I mean, he still went in you know, early second round. So it's not like the guy waited till the seventh or anything. Uh, but here's a guy, though, as good as he was at Notre Dame. This is the classic Notre Dame player. He's 
big, he's smart, great football IQ, as they say. But is he kind of just a catch and fall down guy? Like, is he going to get by NFL defenders? Now, keep in mind, those catch and fall down guys have actually produced at the tight end position. Zach Ertz, Dalton Schultz, um, Jason Witten for for the end of his career. Um, TJ Hawkinson's kind of become that player. So that's not by any means that is not a fantasy death knell. Um, he's not a great athlete, but I think he's somebody who's going to be a possession receiver. We know Jimmy Garoppolo likes to throw the ball to the tight end. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts of uh, Trey Tucker out of Cincinnati in the third round, who the 100th pick in the draft? Yeah, he went off the board before his teammate, Tyler Scott, which was a shocker to most in the draft community. He's a he's an after-the-catch kind of guy. Um, PFF, I think, called him shifty. I don't even think Brent Whitefield wrote him up in our prospect guide. So this was a, I think this was a pick that a lot of folks said was, quote-unquote, a reach. Um, he is... 5'10", 179, a small receiver in a class absolutely littered with small receivers. Not somebody I'm getting really excited about, but, eh, I mean, the receiving receiving room, maybe they view him as an upgrade on Hunter Renfro, who had a really disappointing 2022 season. Final team we'll talk about in the AFC is the Denver Broncos. They had wide receiver Marvin Mims in the second round. Boy. Yeah, he was uh, their first pick of the draft. Uh, this year 511 183 is Mims and there's been this constant drumbeat out of Denver that one of these receivers Judy or Sutton could be on the move Tim Patrick's back this year also off his injury last year Marvin Mims where does he fit in currently with the guys who are on this roster I think he's instantly their third best receiver and quite frankly I think this this might be an unpopular opinion I are we sure Cortland Sutton's good? <laughs> When's the last time He's he produced right. that like five game stretch with Drew Locke like three years ago? It, uh, Marvin Mims isn't an ex receiver anyway, but I wouldn't be shocked if he comes in here and makes an impact right away. The problem, of course, is how can we trust R- Russell Wilson after last year? Going to be looking for Sean Payton to do a lot of heavy lifting with Russell Wilson. But Marvin Mims, I think, was a great pick by the Denver Broncos. Not somebody I'm getting really excited about in redraft right away. Um, But remember, we had heard Jerry Judy trade rumors. We had heard Cortland Sutton trade rumors. Maybe one of those guys is on the move and really opens up an opportunity here. Uh, A low-key winner, Samaj P. Ryan. The Broncos did not add a running back. We know that it's possible that Denver does not um, uh, have Javante Williams at the beginning of the season. Samaj P. Ryan could have a like a legitimate bell cow role at the beginning of the year. Hmm, I like it. I'll be right, drafting that's... him a ton, a ton, Drake, because nobody wants to draft him, and he literally might be the only decent running back on their roster for a month plus. Hmm. All right, so. That's going to do it for the AFC. We'll quickly run through the NFC. And let's start in the NFC East, where the NFC champion Philadelphia Eagles reside. And Joe, let's full disclosure, Joe and I are Eagles fans, right? What a day. What a weekend had, for, the, a for really the birds. Yeah, I a mean, really good draft. Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith. Then they, you know, they get Keely Ringo later in the draft. 
From a fantasy perspective, though, the move was getting DeAndre Swift from the Lions after they drafted uh, Jameer Gibbs. So now we have DeAndre Swift alongside Rashad Penny. I've tweeted this out, Joe, and it's really blown up. The Eagles will pay DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny combined $2.85 million next season. The Carolina Panthers guaranteed Miles Sanders $13 million to play wide or to play running back for them over the next few seasons. I mean, this is just next level stuff by Howie Roseman here to add a local product in DeAndre Swift. Now, for the three games that they're healthy together, Penny and Swift, <laughs> it's going to be magical. So uh, um, this just reminds me of 2017. This is Blunt and Ajayi and Clement now with Swift, Penny, and uh, Gainwell. So I'm looking at best ball ADP right now. DeAndre Swift is RB21, um, ADP of 65 in best ball mania. Rashad Penny is RB32, ADP of 101. I can tell you which of those two players I'd rather have. Is it weird? I don't want either of them, to be honest. It's Penny. No, no, no. I will be drafting Eagles running backs. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's Drake, It's like whichever on. one falls later. Well, yeah, well, that's the thing, and you can also you can also talk yourself out into Gainwell, whose ADP is going to plummet now because oh, yeah. of the because he's down in the one fifties now. He's getting Kenny Gainwell's getting drafted right ahead of Ezekiel Elliott, who doesn't have a team. Um, so you can draft him as well. No, I, I will be drafting Eagle running backs, and I know this might go against the Scott Barrett Bell Cower bust, but look, Rashad Penny in the ninth round. Again, that is at the range where you have to start convincing yourself, talking to yourself, what is the best case scenario? Because if we were asking that question with Miles Sanders last year, as opposed to passing on him because everybody hates Miles Sanders, you would have gotten double-digit rushing touchdowns on your best ball team. So I think the DeAndre Swift Rashad Penny ADP should be squeezed a little bit. I think uh, I did updated my best ball rankings. I have DeAndre Swift uh, at 73 overall and Penny at 88 overall. So that has Swift about a round later than his current under, uh, underdog ADP and Penny about a round earlier than his current underdog ADP. I mean, I I prefer Swift straight up, not at cost. So that was really it for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I mean, they were really the talk of the draft was more so what they did on defense. Their arch rival, the Dallas Cowboys, needed a tight end desperately. And it seems like the Buffalo Bills kind of foiled their plan going up and uh, selecting mm-hmm. Dalton Kincaid. And the Cowboys looked flummoxed in there. Um, did you see the memes and all that on Twitter of uh, you know how the Cowboys war room looked a lot like Star Wars and Austin Powers and, uh, and all that fun stuff? I did stuff? not. I did not see any of that. Oh, I saw I- their war room quite a bit, though. Yes. So they go out and they, they love to show Jerry on, on, oh. on the broadcast. Boy, do they love to show Jerry. So Jerry got duped out of Dalton Kincaid, and they had to settle for Luke Schoonmaker out of Michigan, 6'5, 251. Good athlete. And this kid's got a chance day one to come in and, and figure things out. I mean, they got a lot of guys who are just guys. And so, I mean, for fantasy, do I expect anything from Luke? Absolutely uh, not. No, but I, I think he does have a shot to start day one. Um, not a player I'm getting terribly excited about. He's like, uh, he's somebody I have ranked in the 20s at tight end for fantasy. Low key winner, Tony Pollard. Now I do think there is an uh, a chance here that Ezekiel Elliott is back in a Cowboys uniform. 
it's funny you say that. I was thinking that on the ride home, uh, you know, and it was my hangovers wearing off and my head's just out the window. I'm thinking like, maybe they bring him back on a cheap deal. Like, why not? Where else has he got to go? They need a back. And if they add Deuce Vaughn, who's 5'5", 179. Is, if you watch on Twitter, there's a great story because Deuce Vaughn's father coaches for the Cowboys. He's a scout. Or, yeah, so they when they called him and said, you know, hey, do you want to come work with your dad? It was really, really touching story. But the guy's five five one seventy nine. Yeah, he's a he's a part time player. He's uh, if he's anything, he's a receiving back. Um, he wasn't a spectacular athlete, which obviously hurts at that size. Hurts at any size, but especially when you're five foot five. I do wonder if Zeke Elliott's back, but the fact that right now. The only guy they added was a clear part-time runner in Deuce Vaughn. Good news for Tony Pollard, who's obviously coming off a major injury. I think a big winner from this weekend was Daniel Jones. I love what the Giants did going out and getting him more and more weapons. They needed a corner. They got that in the first round. They need a little help at center. Okay. I'm a big fan of Jalen Hyatt in the third round out of Tennessee. Jalen Hyatt gives them what they did not have last year, and it's speed. The Giants were dirt slow, and now they're going to get Wondell Robinson back. You still have Isaiah Hodgins, add Darren Waller to the mix. I'm excited for Danny Dimes with this offense. I mean, he was a top-ten quarterback last year, so you have to think he's going to be that this year. The problem for the Giants is this. Yes, they added Darren Waller this offseason, which is huge, but Darren Waller's also spent a lot of the last two years hurt and he's over 30. The problem I have with projecting this offense from a fantasy perspective, they added Paris Campbell. They re-signed Sterling Shepard. They drafted Wandale Robinson last year. They signed Jamison Crowder. Jalen Hyatt did like 90% of his damage on deep routes from the slot. Every one of these guys is a slot receiver. Now, I think they drafted Jalen Hyatt and think he can play outside. But this was somebody who was projected to go in the first round of a lot of drafts and fell to the third. And there's a reason for that. Because I think NFL teams are having a lot of trouble projecting that Tennessee offense to the pros. All of those guys, Hendon Hooker, Jalen Hyatt, uh, Cedric Tillman, all of them went in the third round. All of them at points had been hyped up for more than that. Hyatt and Hooker as first round picks at points. So I, I have a hard time projecting which of these receivers is going to make an impact. I think you nailed it right on the head, though. It's good for Daniel Jones, even if it's hard for us to figure out how the receiving core is going to shake out at this stage. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go over to the Washington Commanders, the last team we'll talk about in the NFC East. And in terms of fantasy, I mean, they didn't really do anything. They they needed corners. They picked two corners with their first two picks. Then I got a center and a tackle and on the edge. So it's kind of a lot of the same. It's it's Dotson, it's Curtis Samuel, and it's all about what are we going to get out of Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett in this offense. So not a lot to touch on here from the draft for the commanders. I will say underrated pick is somebody they took in the sixth round. Chris Rodriguez out of Kentucky is a running back. Um, now, uh, Nikki Javala reported that they had a third round grade on him. And we know at points last year, they had soured on Antonio Gibson. Rodriguez is a receiving type of back. He's explosive. Somebody who might get snaps, if especially if Antonio Gibson, who, by the way, is coming off of surgery, um, is, is, is healthier in the doghouse. That is an underrated name to keep an eye on in your rookie drafts. 
The Minnesota Vikings add Jordan Addison out of USC 5'11", 173. He will play on the outside next to Justin Jefferson. I mean, hey, you got to love this. Where do you slot Addison in terms of rookie wide receivers? You're doing your, you know, rookie top 12 draft. Addison's in a great spot here with Kirky Cousins. I mean, can he beat out K.J. Osborne? Probably. And Addison, I think, is going to be producing for fantasy uh, by the middle of the season. Yeah, I I, I like uh, Jordan Addison. I have him as my wide receiver 38. That's high. For redraft. So Ooh. by comparison, I have him right ahead of Traylon Burks and Jahan Dotson. Um, I, I love this kid. I love this fit. They needed somebody who can come in and be a route technician after losing Adam Thielen. I, I, I think he can produce wide receiver three numbers as soon as this year. He is my number uh, he is my number three wide receiver of the class for Dynasty as well. Kirk Cousins, by the way, big, big winner of draft weekend. They only added Jaron Hall, who fell a little bit, by the way, at BYU quarterback. He fell a little bit. Um, I think a lot of folks thought he was a day two pick. He fell to the fifth round, but that is not a pick that's going to threaten Kirk Cousins' job stability this year, especially unlike uh, they were mocked at points for Will Levis and Hendon Hooker. Uh, and those did not come to pass. So Kurt, so adding a receiver in the first round and only a fifth-round quarterback, great news for Kirk Cousins. They also drafted Dwayne McBride in the seventh-round running back. Seventh-round draft capital means he's not even guaranteed to make this team, yeah. but there is the chance that they move Dalvin Cook, as had as have been rumored, and he manages to find his way into some snaps. You mentioned, you mentioned Hendon Hooker. He landed in Detroit in the third round. A lot of talk about the Lions and what they were doing. If you watched the live stream, you saw Brett Whitefield losing his mind about the Lions. Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama, really good running back, 5'9", 199, 12 overall. Some say they had a higher grade on uh, Jameer Gibbs uh, you know, than B. John Robinson. Uh, what do you make of the Lions going Gibbs at 12, which obviously made DeAndre Swift expendable? Well, um, I think but overlooking the shock of the move, I actually think it's a really good landing spot. They have a really good offensive coaching staff. They have a really good offense. And DeAndre Swift, I'm, I'm going to pull up something. Um, Scott Barrett, we posted his Dynasty Rookie Running Backs article. Again, we mentioned it's a novel. Um, as much as everyone hated, this is quoting Scott, as much as everyone hated DeAndre Swift last year, his role really wasn't all that terrible. Through 14 games, he played on just 42% of the team's snaps, but still ranked 16th in fantasy points per game. And collectively, Detroit's running backs ranked second among all teams in expected fantasy points per game, which means if Gibbs handles only two-thirds of the team's backfield expected fantasy points as rookie, he'd have one of the top three most valuable roles of any running back in fantasy. That's his ceiling now. They did sign David Montgomery this offseason, which is a concern. But two running backs can produce here. And remember, DeAndre Swift was 16th in fantasy points per game. And the Lions hated DeAndre Swift. Yeah. So let's just presume they think Jameer, and they, they clearly do, because they took him in the first round. They think he's a massive upgrade on DeAndre Swift. So this is actually a really good landing spot. I like Jameer Gibbs from a fantasy perspective. I loved David Montgomery before they did this move. Um, I obviously moved David Montgomery down following this move. Yeah. I have Jameer Gibbs right now. 
where did I rank Jameer Gibbs in best ball? He's he's obviously the RB2 in this class. I currently have him as my RB16 um, in, in fantasy football. He is RB15 on underdog right now. So I have him pretty much in line with, with the markets. And I think it's a very fair ranking. The Lions then went and drafted Sam Laporta, tight end out of Iowa in the, the second round. Kind of surprised to some that Laporta went over Michael Mayer, uh, but I like Sam Laporta. I tweeted out that I think you know he could be a guy who comes in and unlike most tight ends who you know they get drafted and you forget about him for a year or two, I think Laporta can come in, start, and be fantasy relevant day one because, listen, he's only got to beat out Brock Wright. I mean, what are we talking about here? You got Jamison Williams who's suspended. You got Amon Ross St. Brown we love. After that, who are they throwing a football to, Joe? Uh, yeah, Jamison Williams, uh, Marvin Jones resigned there. Um, you're, you're hundred percent right. I have, I think I have him a little bit too low for fantasy right now. I have him as my tight end 27. Um, I'll probably move him up a little bit, but I just think part of that is the fact that I think they're going to throw the ball to Jameer Gibbs a ton. What but do you good, think? Good of- call. I mean, uh, Brett, Brett likes Laporta. I think Brett was just freaking out that they spent their first three, uh, four picks on non-premium positions, but L- Laporta, Profiles as a yak guy, uh, which which TJ Hawkinson had become less and less of uh, in recent years. What do you think of Hendon Hooker coming off the board in the third round uh, to the Lions? I mean, they, you got Jared Goff. A lot of folks always say, ah, well, they're going to get somebody to replace Goff eventually. Hooker is you know, old. Everyone always makes the, the age jokes on him. But uh, he's coming off injury, just going to sit behind Goff and learn this year. I think it's a good spot. Um, he will play if Goff struggles. But I got to be honest, man. It's hard to see Jared Goff struggling with the offensive talent the Detroit Lions have. I just don't think he's going to struggle. I think he's going to have a better year than last year. Especially once Jamison Williams gets back. Yeah, so exciting times for the fans in Motown. Let's go over to Green Bay where the Jordan Love era begins. And the Packers went out and did something that, well, they didn't do a lot for Aaron Rodgers, and that's draft a wide receiver high. And the Packers took Jaden Reed out of Michigan State, 5'11", 187. Uh, You know, he's a kid who's going to come in and compete for snaps in a very young receiver room. So there's a chance for him to carve out a niche because – you know, it's Christian Watson, it's Romeo Dobbs, and then, you know, <laughs> me and you. Yeah, um, Jaden Reed, this is an interesting pick. He's kind of the exact opposite of Christian Watson. He was somebody who was, like, viewed, I think, the Senior Bowl. Like, he really put on a clinic, like a route-running clinic. And But he's not a great athlete, and he's not very big. So... He to me sounds like a quarterback's best friend type of receiver, one of those mediocre athletes who just seems to get open. But he also dropped passes in college. He went off the board a little earlier than I was expecting Jaden Reed to come off the board. But this could be somebody that they view as maybe better than Romeo Dobbs. He has higher draft capital than Romeo Dobbs. So I think there's going to be an open competition at that receiver spot uh, this offseason. It's going to be fun to watch. I thought he was a little overdrafted, though. <laughs> Big Bob Tanyan's out of town, so I believe it's just Josiah Zagura. And Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State gets selected in the second round to play for the Packers. 
So it could be a sneaky spot here. Yeah, they for, also for drafted me. Tucker Craft though. Which all right, well, they took this, him later. I, I, think, all right. I think I think Luke Musgrave is a great receiving prospect, and I think he's but he didn't produce in college. He had a lot of injuries, but he's got a lot of ability. But could this end up being a uh, a Hayden Hurst, Mark Andrews situation where the guy drafted later ends up producing better numbers. So that's going to be a competition to watch this offseason. Don't worry about Josiah DeGuara, Drake. He's more of an Nobody H-back fullback, fullback type. He's <laughs> That's what he is. They added to their tight end room uh, to bolster. They, they bo- wanted to bolster the team around um, Jordan Love. The, I don't think there's a team in the NFL who has a younger group of receivers, by the way. Yeah, really. Their top two tight ends are rookies. Their top, what, four receivers were rookies either last year or this year because they also took Dontavion Wicks in the fifth round. This is a young, young, young group, and I anticipate they are going to run the ever-loving hell out of the football with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Uh, We've got to give you your your shot here. Uh, Your boy Sean Clifford goes uh, to back up Jordan Love, do you think well, he's they, a they, career backup? They needed a they needed a veteran to mentor Jordan Love because Sean Clifford's older than Jordan Love. <laughs> he he was at Penn. He, I, I'm uh, I graduated at Penn State in 2008, uh, which was Clifford's fifth season uh, with with the Nittany Lions. Um, now, um, I am super happy for Sean Clifford. Uh, just exemplary leadership. Um, I thought teams would value his intangibles and his mobility. I am stunned he was a fifth round pick. Stunned. I thought I thought there was a chance he'd be a seventh round pick just because of those intangibles, but I was really shocked he was a fifth round pick. Maybe one of my favorite, <clears throat> not maybe, one of my favorite picks of the draft, if not my favorite pick, <clears throat> was Roshan Johnson of Texas landing with the Chicago Bears. Now, everybody talked about B. John Robinson, but Roshan Johnson was legit he is a really good player he can run between the tackles he's got speed on the outside he can catch the football I love this pick for the Chicago Bears and I think in due time he is the starting running back for the Chicago Bears um I actually I'm going through right now all my rankings and I have him ranked too low um I'm gonna rank him in inside my top 150 overall um which would probably make him like an RB four from a uh, from a fantasy standpoint, and I think that's completely fair. This is a guy who killed efficiency metrics, like crushed them. And Scott Barrett's model didn't love him, but Scott also noted that his model didn't love him because he never dominated touches. And normally, that's predictive. Normally, it normally guys in college don't dominate touches for a reason, but it just so happens that Rashawn Johnson was playing behind the best running back prospects in Saquon Barkley. So uh, that was a big problem for Rashawn Johnson. You're right. I, there is a there is a scenario where he's their leading rusher this year, and he will be on a lot of my teams. They also added Tyler Scott out of Cincinnati, uh, a speedy wide receiver who's converted running back. Uh, you know, we'll see what he can do on a team right now that has DJ Moore as its number one, really reworked their wide receiver room. Uh, but, you know, a fourth round pick, you got to think this kid's got a really good chance to make the team. No, for sure. Oh, he does. And uh, actually, they 
his teammate was drafted before him, which was a huge surprise. Uh, Tyler Scott was one of Brett Whitefield's guys. Um, and I think I think it might have been J.J. Zachariason who um, made fun of the Bears for taking Valus Jones in the third round last year, <laughs> who he said they've made up for it for taking Tyler Scott in the fourth. A really good pick for them. I think he instantly can come in and basically replace Valus Jones. And Zalus Jones will, you know, be popping his uh, Ozempic and hanging out at the AARP home, and he yeah. won't even know what happened. Now, Chase but, Claypool's still there, by the way. Oh God, that Chase Claypool pick the the Steelers just brutalizing the Bears, getting that first pick of the second round. But yeah. I can beat that up all day. Let's move on now to the NFC South, where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were the champions of that division, and there's a lot of rebuild going on here. In Tampa Bay, of course, Tom Brady is not there any longer. So this was a draft where they really just had to try to fill some other holes with linemen and linebackers and corners. It wasn't until the fifth round they drafted a tight end. And then uh, in the sixth, added a wide receiver, Trey Palmer out of Nebraska. Who knows if those guys even make the team? I will tell you this. Sneaky UDFA signing for the Bucks. Oh, of Sean, course you're going there. <laughs> Sean Tucker out of Syracuse, who was a really good college running back, uh, first and foremost, didn't get drafted because it, it some medical came up, maybe like a heart condition, but they cleared him. So teams kind of shied away from it at that point. But I like that's a sneaky pick right there for Sean Tucker in your rookie drafts late. People are going to totally forget about him. And he got a uh, he got a good signing bonus as well. Um, he got to handpick his Scott Barrett actually nailed this. He said in his article before um, he wrote the first part of it before the draft. He said he might be a UDFA, but he gets to pick his landing spot, and he picked a good one because there's not a lot of competition for touches here. Uh, Rashad White was not terribly efficient last year. I think that might have been just because the offensive line was so bad, but uh, we'll see. Chase Edmonds stinks. Keyshawn Vaughn is still there. Um, no, this is a great landing spot for Sean Tucker. And if they had drafted him in like the fifth round, we'd be lauding it. So, no, I love that spot. The, the, the big problem for this is this team is going to be abominable this year. Yeah. I mean, they're, 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 they want to, they, they have the Tom Brady hangover and they'll take it. They had a good, they had a good run with Tom Brady. They have the hangover this year. They want to be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes next year. This team, I think this team's going to suck by design. They should trade Mike Evans yesterday. Yes, I agree. This whole division kind of stinks. And oh, it's horrible. I think, dude, I think Carolina's going to win this division. And Carolina, the team we're talking about next, had the first overall pick. They took Bryce Young out of Alabama. All right, so he's going to start day one. They he also would not, believe, he would would have been the pick for me. I, I said yep. it. I said it a month ago. I think whoever passes on Bryce Young is going to regret it. Nobody passed on him. I think that that was the right pick to me. Superflex rookie. Where are you taking him? Are you taking him behind Anthony Richardson? Yes, I think you can make a very clear argument for him to be the pick over Anthony Richardson, though. Because all of a sudden, this team's got some talent, man. DJ Chark and Adam Thielen are veteran receivers who came in here. Now, look, they lost DJ Moore. I freaking love Jonathan Mingo being drafted by the Carolina Panthers. I think he and Bryce Young are going to immediately form a connection. Um, if you liked Jonathan Mingo, you could see some Debo Samuel. Brett Brett Whitefield saw some A.J. Brown in him. Mm -hmm. Second round pick. We have seen some big-time superstar receivers come from the second round. 
in recent years, including AJ Brown, the aforementioned. I love it. I, I think Mingo's going to be a star. This. I love this pick. Um, I will be drafting a ton of Mingo because, again, DJ Sharks had a lot of injury issues. Adam Thielen is up there in age. There is a window to him being their number one receiver at some point as a rookie. Bryce Young is the, – the beauty of Bryce Young is I feel so good about his game that I, I'm not really projecting him like a rookie. I expect he's going to come in and he's go- – that's not going to say he's not going to make rookie mistakes – but I don't think the learning curve is there for Bryce Young the way it typically is for a rookie quarterback. I expect he's going to come in. He's clearly going to start week one. And he's got now interesting group of receivers. He's got Miles Sanders in the backfield. I really like this landing spot. I don't, sorry, I don't know if you uh, if you heard that. But my, uh, my neighbor across the street like bought an old army jeep. That was just a complete jalopy, and he's fixing it up. I had to help him push it into the driveway one day because he can't get it to start, but he's been working on it for a couple of months. I don't know. If, did you hear that? Did you hear no, that? no. Oh, damn. Uh, no, but uh, Bryce Young, I, I I, love what Carolina has done the last couple of years. We know they were really good on defense, which, which to be fair, will give credit to Matt Rule and his regime. Remember, his first year, they drafted all defense. He knew they needed to fix that. And now the foundation's in place for for Carolina, though a flawed team, to win the worst division in professional football. One of the teams we're going to have to beat is the New Orleans Saints. For fantasy, they helped themselves in the third round, drafting Kendry Miller, running back out of TCU. We know that Alvin Kamara has his issues, possibly with the law and father time. So, I kind of like Kendry Miller in this spot, Joe. I I think he could come in and, you know, just kind of find his home. Jamal Williams is there, but we know Jamal Williams is like literally like just trying to find one yard touchdowns. Kendry Miller's got a chance maybe down the road. I can see them moving on from Elvin Kamara uh, in a year or so. And Kendry Miller could be the guy here in a year. Yeah. Kendry Miller is my rookie RB five in this class. And I think Scott has him at three. Wow. So Scott's model really liked him. I have him behind Robinson, Gibbs. I have him behind A-Chain, and I have him behind Zach Charbonnet, only because of Charbonnet's draft capital, which we will talk to about because it was was, – that pick pissed me off more than anything. Um, But I think this is a great landing spot for Kendry Miller. Um, I'm a little concerned that Jamal Williams is there um, on a multi-year deal. And you would think Jamal Williams, because of his, like, he's he's a great locker room guy. He's going to get carries. And I don't know if they're going to default them to Kendra Miller early. Um, and right now, Miller per- profiles is kind of an early down grinder. Um, so I wonder if he's a little bit redundant with Jamal Williams there. But from a future standpoint, I think the draft capital and the landing spot are both good for Kendra Miller. I'm just not sure it's going to happen right away. In the fourth round, the Saints also added quarterback Jake Hayner out of Fresno State. And there were some people who really dug uh, Jake Hayner. Again, he didn't go to a, a Power 5 school, so people can knock him a little bit there. But interesting player, uh, you know, just someone to keep an eye on. Maybe if you're in a, a super deep dynasty league, stash him on a bench and see what happens. Um, So he's a guy who I think at some point is going to start NFL games. I don't know if it's going to be as a rookie because um, he's, 
presumably their third quarterback. They, they still have James. Remember Jameis? He's still there. Oh, God. Um, uh, but I think Jake Hayner profiles as somebody who's going to start NFL games at some point. Like, like you just knew, even when Case Keenum was an undrafted free agent, he was just so productive in college. I was like, that, you knew that guy was going to start NFL games at some point. I think Jake Hayner's the same way, but he's more talented than that he's more talented than case keenum and he's more talented than gardner Minshew. but these are just these guys who are hyper productive in college always seem to find a way to start nfl games i don't know if he's going to be a franchise quarterback but jay Kaner will play at some point speaking of hyper productive let's go to atlanta where Bijan robinson came off the board at eight overall saving you mr dolan from having to jump off your roof because the philadelphia eagles could I didn't not even get- select him I'm I'm a little disappointed for one reason. I didn't get to see if the Eagles would do it. Yes, I like that call. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, I, yes. like I didn't. The reason I made my statement was not because I thought Bijan. I, I, I acknowledge the possibility, but it was. I didn't say that because I thought Bijan Robinson would be gone. I said it because I didn't think Howie Roseman would spend the tenth pick in the draft on a running back. Yeah. And now two for the second time in six NFL drafts, seven NFL drafts, six NFL drafts, the Eagles were connected to a first round running back and didn't have the opportunity to draft him either time because they were connected to Christian McCaffrey in 2017. Mm -hmm. And the report was everything I've heard is they were going to draft him, but we didn't get to see it. So anyway, let's go back to Atlanta taking B. John Robinson I said before the draft, I didn't think I would even get the opportunity to see if I would need to jump off my roof because I thought Atlanta was going to take him. Turns out that's the case. Arthur Smith couldn't help himself. This is a team that finished third in rushing last year. Now, most people are going are to look at that and say, well, they didn't need to take a running back. And um, that discourse is happening. You knew it was going to happen. Sure. We don't they, need to they had a thousand-yard rusher in Tyler Algier. We didn't need to, you know, what we, what I have to look at is this amazing running back prospect just got dropped into an offense that was third in the NFL in rushing yards last year. Spare me the positional value argument. That's a guy who's going to blow up for fantasy. That's the way I see it. So Bijan Robinson instantaneously is a first round pick for fantasy. I don't rank him as high um, Drake as, um, he, I would have had he landed with the Eagles, but I have him at nine overall. He is RB3 for me. You're doing a draft, and we're going to cover the draft in a future episode of the Two Point Stance on Sirius XM, where it's the you know what the way too early or the, the first draft of the year, basically. It's you and a bunch of other uh, fantasy experts. My friend Alan Seslowski of Roto, uh, Rotowire has the 102. He is on record saying he's going to take Bijan Robinson at the 102. It's not as nuts as it sounds. And maybe it doesn't even sound nuts. Yeah. I mean, you look at some of the running backs. When you go back to Saquon Barkley's rookie year, Zeke's rookie year, and early Adrian Peterson, like it's not one of these things where you go, eh, he's a rookie. He's not going to produce. No, they're going to plug him in. He's going to start. He's going to produce. Bijan Robinson's going to be good for fantasy. His team might be mediocre at best, but he's going to get a hell of a lot of touches. That's the concern for me. 
Uh, do we have any evidence at all that Desmond Ritter is good? I don't know if we have evidence that he's bad, but if Desmond Ritter is not good, their their backup is HB Heineke. <laughs> you know, the, that's my um because uh, John calls him hospital ball Heineke. So I, I like I I like to make him sound like a uh, early 20th century oil tycoon. <laughs> HB Heineke. Um if the quarterback's not good or the quarterback isn't serviceable, the offense isn't going to be good regardless of how much talent they have. And they have a lot of it in theory with Kyle Pitts, Drake London, and Bijan Robinson. But, you know, here's the other thing with Bijan. They have Kyle Pitts and Drake London, yes. Do you, have you seen the receivers on this team outside of those two? It's Scotty it's Miller, Mac Hollins, Kadaryl Hodge, Frank Darby, who sounds like a private investigator, <laughs> Bijan can catch a ton of passes on this team too. So, yeah, I mean, maybe two sounds a little nuts. Maybe it's not. Yeah, the only gonna... thing keeping me from ranking him more aggressively is the fact that there's no evidence they have a good quarterback on this team. That could be the thing. Bijan Robbins could run for 1,300 yards and four touchdowns this year. <laughs> you know, you never know because this team just never gets into the red zone. Let's move on now to the NFC West, where the San Francisco 49ers won that division last year. And this draft for the 49ers for a you know fantasy conversation, let's just get it right off the top. They're taking kickers in the third round here. We got to get excited, Joe. Yeah, he's where are you ranking Jake Moody? Yeah, he's a, <laughs> he's a top 12 kicker probably with this with this team. Of course, we don't know who their quarterback's going to be. There was, uh, I think, was it Schefter or Rapsheet who insinuated that Trey Lance might be the three? Like Oof. Sam Darnold's the backup, um, which tells you what they think of Trey Lance. Um, they drafted Cameron Latu, the tight end from Alabama, who could be important uh, because George Kittle's always hurt. Otherwise, this is pretty much the same team that we saw going into the draft. Yeah, let's move on to the... Seattle Seahawks, who took Jackson Smith and Jigba. Great pick for fantasy. The 20th overall selection in round one. He will join Geno Smith, uh, his offense with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and now he will come in as the third. Everyone keeps saying to me, Joe, oh, well, Tyler Lockett will be gone and he'll just slide into that role. I mean, we don't necessarily know that for a fact. I mean, I hate this landing spot right now for JSN. Oh, oh, well, you do? I think it's great. Um, Tyler Lockett is north of 30, um, has dealt with injuries in recent years. I think he's a ready-made um, uh, Tyler Lockett replacement, in addition to being somebody who can who can produce right away. I mean, look, there, there are other receivers, or D. Eskridge, Cody Thompson, Dariq Young. Do not They're disparage Dariq Young, please. Their tight ends didn't – I mean, Noah Fant <laughs> – you know, he makes three plays a year. He's solid. No, I think it's a great landing spot for, for JSN. Geno for Smith. Th- for this wi- year? I think I'd like Addison more this year and Zay yeah. Flowers more this year. Um, but I think it's a great landing spot for JSN. I thought it was a great pick by the Seahawks. The the Zach, the Zach Charbonnet pick is legitimately depressing for me. Yeah, I mean, come on. You're taking the running back out of UCLA – uh, in the second round to now pair with Ken Walker. I mean, what are you going to do? I think Ken Walker was a fringy first round pick. Oh, you know, depending I had on him. your format. What are we doing with him now? You know where I had Ken Walker? 
before uh, when I went in to, to update my best ball rankings this weekend. Uh, Do you know where I had Ken eight. Walker? I had him at 11 overall. Okay. Do you know where I got him now? Uh, 27. 42. Oh. 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 Oh, this is and, an and, old. This is the Carolina Panthers from years back with D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart. Yeah, except this team has really good receivers. <laughs> and it, like, oh man, oh, just that was. And you know what? The dynasty and redraft value of a guy getting nuked happens every year. Okay, Tyler Algiers' dynasty value got nuked out of orbit when it happens unexpectedly. Like, we know what can happen to Tyler Algier. He was a fifth-round pick last year. When it happens to a guy who was a second-round pick last year at or the running back position, which is which is exceptional draft capital, by the way, who oh, ran yeah. for 1,050 yards and nine touchdowns, he was a second-round pick. And what Scott Barrett argued, Pete Carroll said, Scott Barrett's argument was this. Kenneth Walker dealt with injuries last year. Rashad Penny's dealt with injuries since the guy since the guy fell out of his mom. <laughs> they had games last year where they didn't have running backs. You remember that? Sure. Well, who did like I think Travis Dallas Homer? Yeah, DJ I think, Dallas. Yeah. I think DJ Dallas literally had to play one game on a severely sprained ankle simply because they didn't have anybody else. Scott Barrett's argument was was not was not like Pete being some like galaxy brain guy who's going to run a lot of uh, 21 personnel. It was simply, hey, we had a game last year where we didn't have a healthy running back, and that's never happening to me again. Then in the seventh round, they draft Kenny McIntosh out of Georgia. Who's a pass-catching back. So, mm -hmm. unfortunately, I mean, when you draft a running back... Now, look, Seattle drafted Kristen Michael years ago in the second round, and he never played. You know, maybe Zach Charbonnet doesn't play. But I have a hard time believing that's going to be the case. So I had to drop Ken Walker and it pissed me off. I traded I traded up in a startup dynasty to get him. Ugh. Ugh. Brutal. Ugh. What else is going to be brutal this year is watching the LA Rams play football. Uh, they are completely tanking for Caleb Williams. And they are doing a nice job of building, though, for the future here. I love the Steve Avila pick in round two. Oh, he's a really he's, good guard. He's Avia. a... I think he's a I nail want the chewer. Eagles to draft him. He's a nail uh, chewer. Yeah. He's he's a he's a tough SOB. And for fantasy, I mean, they took Stetson Bennett, who I tweeted out immediately. I go, Caleb Williams backup for the next 10 years was just drafted with Stetson Bennett. Other than that, I mean, there's nothing really going on here. Uh it's just a bunch of dart throws late. Zach Evans and out Cooper of Cooper Cup Miss. in the first round. <laughs> yeah, you know? Cooper Cup Cooper so. Cup is a, Cooper Cup's a first round fantasy pick, and then he's like the the next Ram to come off the board is like Cam Akers in like the sixth round. I mean, this is going to be this is going to be a really bad team. But again, they're like the Buccaneers; they they paid the tax on winning the Super Bowl two years ago. Absolutely. Uh, I like a, I like the wide receiver pick though, Pukunukua though. You just like he's a he's a he's one of Brett's guys, and he loved the landing spot. So don't be surprised if that kid produces as a rookie. Yeah, big fifth kid round, round six two. Video. Final team we'll talk about today, the Arizona Cardinals. They're trying to get some help up front for Kyler Murray whenever he returns, taking Paris Johnson, the big tackle, out of Ohio State. For fantasy, they added a wide receiver in the third round in Michael Wilson out of Stanford. Uh, there was talk, Joe, that DeAndre Hopkins would be out of town. 
now apparently he's safe and he's going to be there for a while. I don't know if that's true or not, but not a ton going on fantasy-wise for the Cardinals in this draft. And this is another team that is low-key because – and they're they're, lo- they're low-key in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes because they have Kyler Murray on this team. But is Kyler Murray going to start the year there? Um, Clayton Toon was drafted out of Houston. Could be the long-term backup to whoever the quarterback is here. Um, I like the Paris Johnson move for James Conner. They didn't add anybody else in the backfield, which is great news for James Conner, um, who once again will probably be underrated and probably once again I'll have a complete blind spot to James Conner. But he was a low-key winner of this. I just think this is going to be a bad football team. No question about it. And, And by the way, um, maybe maybe this is eagle brain permeating. The vibes from Jonathan Gannon are terrible right now. I agree. I, who knew about that tampering charge, by the way? Oh, and he didn't talk to the media after any of the... Like, I can't... I don't know if I ever remember a head coach of an NFL team not talking to the media at any point following NFL draft weekend. Because you know Scott Barrett goes through all these Pressers. press conferences. Now the GMs are there. The GMs are there, of course. But do you ever recall a, co- a coach not being there or having a press conference himself? Because I don't. Yeah, you know, he, he. I get a real Adam Gase vibe from Jonathan Gallon. Like he strikes me as like a one and done type coach. You know, it's like they could just be so bad, and the team's a mutant has a mutiny, and it's just like you know what, get this guy out of here. So we'll see. But so big picture impressions of the draft here, Joe. Uh wrapping things up, what really struck you? A, a big winner, a favorite pick. What do you leave the draft with for fantasy? Well, first and foremost, I thought the landing spots for the running backs in and, and maybe this is just because so many teams use multiple running backs. I thought the landing spots for the running backs were were terrible. Um, with the exception of the, the ones where I was like, oh, that's a really great landing spot where obviously Bijan, Gibbs, and I love the Devin A. Chain landing spot. I thought that was a great one. Rashawn Johnson was a good mm-hmm. was a good landing spot. Um pray for anybody who traded 2022 picks for 2023 picks, because there's gonna be some really hard rookie picks to make this year. Um overall, let's say my favorite. My favorite fantasy-oriented draft pick of this class. Hmm. I think I'm going to say was Baltimore taking Zay Flowers. Interesting. I really like that. I'm I'm in wait-and-see mode there just because something about me. I don't know if I don't trust Lamar as a passer, and he's – I guess I should at this point, but the size for him just – that five nine's tough. If you want, if you if you don't like small receivers, this is not the class for you. No, not at all. Uh, my favorite, Roshan Johnson. I said it before, going to the Bears. I think that's a home run pick for them, for especially where they got him. So I'm a big fan of him. I'll have him on all kinds of teams. If you guys heard this show and you're getting the itch to draft a team, again, go over to Underdog Fantasy. Sign up using the code Fantasy PTS. We're going to double your first time deposit up to $100. And with that, also give you a $5 subscription to fantasypoints.com. You can get in on Best Ball Mania 4. They're giving away $15 million, Joe. You and I got to get a piece of this. 
Yeah, Pat, uh, Pat Corrine got enough of it last year. We need I would some like this year. Some, some millions. I'm on the clock. I'm picking 12th in my first draft, a slow draft, Drake. Um, oh and we're hung up at pick four. So uh, I don't even know who who's going to be there for me to draft. It's always this is my fr- the first post draft best ball where all the ADPs are new and they're they're always fun. Always fun. Make sure you give a follow on Twitter to Joe at FG underscore Dolan. I'm at Drake Fantasy, and of course the company is at Fantasy PTS. Joe, this was a fun exercise. We'll come back and we're going to be breaking down the Sirius XM host draft when we next get together. So make sure you guys subscribe to the YouTube channel. Leave us comments for your favorite picks in the comment section below. And thanks for hanging out with us on the Two Point Stand. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.